keep doing that. You're most welcome back to another episode of the uh, rugby show here on finalwhistle.ie. My name is Brett Early, and joining me once again for another look all around the AIL, a little bit of schools rugby, and maybe a little flash of the ladies' interprovincials as well, action last weekend and this weekend, of course, uh, to keep us interested in the, the female side of the game. We'll be talking schools rugby later on, of course, the Connacht and Munster Schools Cups kicked off in earnest today. Uh, we have uh, some post-match reaction from the Connacht games, as well as uh, a bit of a chat about the, the Monster game that happened earlier in the day as well. We'll also be taking a look in-depth at Division 2C uh, with a player coach from Instonians, who are the absolute runaway favourites at the top of the table. Maximum points, 45 points from a total maximum of 45 points. We'll be talking to Paul Pritchard very, very soon. But Kieran, I suppose, first of all, uh, Happy New Year. Very welcome back to the show. Um not that you're ever not here with us anymore, but uh, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year? Did you miss the rugby? Yeah, it was, it was good. I, I was a little bit sick, but I think half the country was sick, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, there was lots of rugby on the television over Christmas, so it was there. And now we're really in the thick of things with the AIL coming fully back. There was a couple of games last weekend, but it's fully back this weekend. Then you've got the Interpros, then you've got the skills, as you said. And then... <laughs> Before you know it, it'll be under 20s, then the Six Nations, and everything will start get going. So, yeah, really exciting couple of months ahead. And then we all know what comes after that. Christmas comes around again. But yeah. before uh, we see someone who's got all their Christmas presents in the first half of the season, 45 points at the top of that Division 2C table, uh, let's invite Paul to join us now. And he joins us from all the way from, uh, from Belfast. Paul, you're very, very welcome to the show. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. I suppose we have to start with the season. Uh, it's the talk of everyone who's following the, the, the complete AIL outside the top divisions. Um, nine wins, nine winning bonus points. Um, it, there's no stopping the Estonians this year. And the, to cap it all off, you're the new boys in the division. You should be just trying to stay alive, but you're showing the rest of them how, how it's done. Uh, what's your thoughts on the season so far? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it's it's going very well. Um, for us, we were sort of looking at the league as a whole. We were looking at Terenure, who were, you know, until I think maybe the last game were forty from forty as well. So you know, it wasn't it wasn't too sort of like you know exceptional compared to compared to some of the other teams up in the league. Um, I think over the years, as teams have have went up and have done back to back going out of junior, and um, it's notoriously hard to get out of with the with the playoff system there. Um, so we sort of had that as a goal in mind that we we knew that we could with our group of players hit hit this league hit the ground running in this league. Obviously, it's it's going it's going very well, and um, we're keeping very grounded. We take each game as it comes, and the way we see it now, we're just at the halfway point. It's, it's half time, um, and we need to keep going. And you know, obviously, for us, the the aim is to do the exact same again um, in the second half and um, of the season. So, you know, we start here with Oma. We had a tough game against them. You know, in the reverse fixture there a couple of weeks ago, and we know that everybody knows what our game now as well. Everyone has the advantage of um, playing us; they have the video on us. As you said, we were the new boys, so maybe they didn't know much about us from last year, and um, whereas they do now. So we're we're looking forward to the challenge in the second half, and hopefully we can do the same again. As Breffney said, forty-five from forty-five. From that, you'd think it's been plain sailing, but has there been any kind of challenging moments in the season so far for you guys 
Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously, the whole thing was a was a challenge for us. And Stonians haven't been a senior club in a long time, so and a lot of the players haven't played senior before. So coming into that setup, we're, we're traveling, we're doing the overnight stays, we're we're bringing that in. Brought its own challenges. Um, but, you know, we had a game down in Clonmel there where the weather was um, the weather was sideways and. Coming out of those games, you know, they can be real banana skins against a very good team away from home. You know, you've got that sort of 30 mile an hour sideways wind that you get down there against you. Um, and those games can go either way. But um, for us, that's a character thing. And we look at trying to make sure we have the character to do that. So they can, you know, it's sometimes those games don't come down to the skillful moments or the, you know, the, 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 the moments of brilliance from individuals. They have to be you know, roll up the sleeves and do the hard work. Um, and I think it says a lot about our group that whatever we were at that stage, 35 and 35, the lads were still willing to do that. And, you know, the celebration of when we got that bonus point try quite near the end was as if we had just, you know, secured a, secured the league or something like that. So that's very important. That's not something which is easily coached. That's in the group, I think, already. I think the lads have to bring that themselves. And they they bring that in abundance, so um, we're very very fortunate in that. How important is the the bonus point culture in the club in terms of because winning is a habit, but winning bonus points is also probably a habit in terms of you went every game now probably planning to score four tries. It's it's a, a target or is it a target when you take to the field every week? Um, no, I, I don't. I don't. It's not a target. It's not something that we would say. You know, in a in a. a team meeting like oh we're, we have to get the bonus point win here obviously at home that's something you would target you would try and get your bonus points at home and you take the win when you're away like we still have that mindset um but at the end of the day like you know you you want to you've got to score more tries in the opposition and if you can score four or five then then that makes life a lot easier um really i suppose I've said it to Breffney a couple of times. I think that the junior rugby, it's it's so hard to make that jump. You not only have to win your provincial uh, league in Ulster, but you have to play the likes of Bechtov, like you guys had the last season, and the Connacht winners and the Munster winners. But I suppose what, once you make that jump, is that the most difficult thing? And then when you get to the AIL, you can really kick on from there. Like The gap from w- Division 1 junior rugby, whether it be in any of the provinces, there isn't much of a gap between the likes of AIL 2C and the junior rugby. And I think that's what you guys are showing at the minute. Yeah, I think so. And I think here in Ulster, it's, it's probably the junior rugby the league at the moment is very strong. You know, you look the the junior All-Ireland Cup there, it's, it's got two Ulster teams in the final. And um, I think it was the same last year and possibly the year before as well. So, you know, when you're coming against those teams um, in the league, and... Um, Obviously, it, it puts you in good stead because you're, you're playing some very good teams um, in that junior that junior setup. So, um, and then you're, you, the schedule the schedule can be quite grueling. And that's I know at the end of last year, we were in a situation with the we had a COVID draw where a team had had COVID in camp and couldn't play. Us and we had a team and um, Clocker Valley were sort of quite close to us, and we ended up just having to win every game with bonus points to ensure it. We had Clocker Valley right at the end. Then we had the, the playoffs, so you ended up having six weeks at the end of a year where you had to win every game, and mentally that's that's tiring as well as physically on a on a on a squad, and and then factor in that you only have two subs in junior rugby as well, which is um, which was um, something that took me a while to get used to when I moved on to moved on to, to playing junior a few years ago, um, 
it's 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 difficult now because um, obviously you have to carry props so um there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts in that uh, you could make an argument that you're probably stronger than a two c squad at the moment you're like 17 or 19 or 18 points or something ridiculous ahead of third place so even if you only picked up a couple of points here or there you're probably still guaranteed to be top two at this stage of course you're gonna hopefully go for the 18 uh, bonus points no pressure but um where do you see this squad and the squad that you have in terms of maybe where they might fit are there a, are they a 2c squad a 2b squad maybe even a 2a or higher squad um I think you know the squad at the moment. I think you know we are where we are, and that's 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 fine. I think the ambition of the squad and the ambition of the club certainly to be as high as what we can be. Um, and Stonians historically has always been a has always been a senior club, and um, until the last whatever eight years they were down junior. But you know when I came out of school, which is a long time ago, but um, you know Stonians were always one of the top Ulster teams, and you know there's a connection with the school there. If you look at the you know. In school, obviously, produces a lot of a lot of talent, and the further we can go up, the sort of closer that relationship can can come. With you know, Ulster taking as many of the academy sort of players from the school, you know, it would be ideal if we could get those in um, into us. So they're playing their club rugby once they do their two years of club or one year, whatever it is. If they can do that with us, you know, they have that reason to play for us, and um. You know, so we, we we just want to keep going. I suppose is the is the easy way to say that. We take each game as it comes, and we'll certainly get to this off season wherever we are. We'll take that as it comes. And um, I think if you're not striving to go forward, if you if you're happy to stand still, then you're probably going to go backwards. And um, so we will always be looking to move forwards. I suppose. Tell us a little bit about the club because I wasn't really that familiar with the club before they jumped up to AIL and just the whole community sense on the social media channels. Like it's a very together club. They seem to be really enjoying their Saturdays at the moment. I suppose, of course, you are when you're winning all the time. But tell us a little bit about the club and what it's like and the culture there. Yeah, I mean, the club's the club's brilliant. As I said, there there's a, there's a great connection with the school and. You know, I, I think our first game of the season, I think we had 12 in the squad were all ex-schoolboys um, of different years. So there, there is there is that sort of um, camaraderie there between lads that went to school together and are now playing their senior rugby together, which is which is obviously a brilliant connection to have. Um, we have a Project Seahorse going on at the minute where there's, there's a lot going into, into our mini rugby and trying to get those players coming up through the, the club system who aren't through the school. And trying to get them into senior rugby, which is important. And these guys there, like Mikey Fairbanks and Clem Boyd, are doing a doing a wonderful job. Um, going into other schools which don't have rugby in the city and, and, and getting them involved. And um, and then yeah, you know, it, it's when you're winning games, it's it's a good feeling, you know, when everyone wants to be involved in that. Our twos are absolutely flying as well, which is which is incredibly important for any senior rugby team. Um, you know, you need to have that strength and depth and you need to have guys in the twos who are trying to get into that one squad and, and are being successful as well so we have a great group and um, there's a young group of lads there as well um, and i think i said to you beforehand we had reese o'donnell there who played for ulster a and um, last week last weekend against ealing um, or last friday sorry which is brilliant and um, which just shows that you know that ulster are watching us and, and are seeing what we're doing and that, that helps us that helps keeps us motivated as well and that's nice for the nice for the lads to to have that we talked about the jump from junior to senior rugby and i suppose one of the big things is 
you were competing in Ulster last year. No matter how rigorous the schedule was, all the games were in the province. Uh, now, most of the teams in your province are like Tullamore is nearly a home game at this stage. You're looking at Cork, you're looking at Tipperary, you're looking at Limerick. I think Cork might even have two or three teams in there as well. Um, that's got to be challenging to get your head around and kind of deal with that, both in the time sense as well as the financial aspect of it. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's another sort of where we can sort of thank the club and, and what everyone's doing and behind the scenes there to make sure that we have the preparation that we want. Um, away games is always something that I, I preferred, to be honest, because you're almost a professional for two days or, you know, you have your meeting in the morning, you just have breakfast together and you have the group for longer and, and it is, you know, it's, it's close to professional as what most of us will get. So that's great i really enjoy that side and i think the players do as well um, and obviously then we get to be amateurs in the bus home or, or the the hotel stay that night so we get the best of both worlds which is which is outstanding um so it, it's 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 a challenge that we knew we'd face and i think we've adapted very well to it um, and then at the same time those teams from cork have to come up here and do the exact same thing that we have to do and it's just about us trying to prepare as, as best we can for that and i think we have that first half of the season i think we had nine away um out of the out of the 12 out of the, out of the games there sorry so or sorry six six out of the nine were away um so we've got we've got more home games here in the second second half which is which is good which is good for us in the running just from your own point of view i know you're a player coach how do you strike that balance i suppose from being their teammate on the pitch and kind of training with them to also being their coach and maybe ordering them around sometimes. Like, how do you strike the balance? Um, I don't know. I, I suppose it's I've probably always been a wee bit bossy, so it's maybe came, it's maybe came a bit easier for me. Um, bossy is probably a polite way of saying it. My teammates would maybe use a, f- a few other words which I won't use, but it's it, it's came quite naturally to me. This is only sort of my second full year coaching, um, so. Like it's 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 all new to me and I'm learning and I think being able to admit when you're wrong or being able to just for the lads to, to understand that you're still learning and, and that you're, it's new to you is, is good um, and as I said like they're a great great bunch and you know it's that that helps. Well, listen, it's been phenomenal from our distance. We've been. I don't know if Kieran has any other questions for you, but well, I was I just going to say, can you? Can you go on now? Like, if you don't get promoted, is that a failed season? If we don't get promoted this season? Yeah. From where you are, like, 45 from 45. Surely promotion is what you want now. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, that's what, obviously that's what we want. That's the aim. That was, that was the aim at the start of the year. We're in a good, we're in a good place. But um, I've been in this league long enough to know that, you know, it's easy for... It's easy for things to change you know we're only halfway through and um, a lot of teams have, have slipped up at Christmas and suppose that's my job and the other coaches job to make sure that we don't have any complacency and we don't get a, get ahead of ourselves um, and I, I certainly don't think that our group will will um, suffer from that we're, we're hungry to to try and um, you know push on well, hopefully get Kieran hasn't written uh, almost yeah. uh, t- t- team talk for them on Saturday but listen Paul it's been phenomenal from us uh, watching on, uh, seeing the results coming in every week, and uh, lovely to meet you and to, to chat to you about everything that's going on in the club. It's really good to see some really positive steps being taken by any club in the league, but particularly the newest members of the the league or the the, the newest re-entrance to the league. Anyway, uh, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting to you or your teammates before the end of the season, and hopefully we'll be, or hopefully from your point of view at least, 
and uh, there'll be a silverware at the end of all end of, and promotion to 2B for next season. Thanks for joining Cheers, us. Cheers, guys. Best of luck for yeah, thanks for having season. me. Uh, Paul Pritchard there. Uh, absolute gentleman, but uh, they seem to be really, really pushing on in the club and great to see them just hit that ground running back in, in senior rugby. Yeah, it's very good. And I've said this a couple of times this season already. It's very similar to Enniscorty. The story is very similar. Like Enniscorty came up from Leinster League 1A. Then they... Uh, then they ended up winning 2C last season. So the story is very similar and it's great to see clubs, you know, progressing and progressing in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we might as well start with 2C then. We did have the, the fixtures at the bottom of the screen, the results last weekend, of course, no game for Estonians. They had played over that weekend just before the end of December, but some uh, some big results there. Bruff, probably the, the biggest one. They got a nice result, 24-20 uh, uh, win against Middleton, while Tullamore beat Ballina at 22-15, so a good single uh, try victory there for, for Tullamore. Um, keeps them in the hunt, potentially, as the only team really maybe left with a chance, an outside chance at that of catching Estonians? Yeah, I suppose. Um, they'll just take it every game as it comes. I think every team do that anyway. I, I, even Estonians, they're probably just taking it every game as it comes, but Scaries as well, I think, are there, thereabouts in the top four as well, so I suppose getting in that top four is probably the aim uh, for for everyone. And maybe for Estonians, the goal has changed a little bit now that they're so far ahead. But I think for the likes of Tullamore and the likes of Scaries, that getting in the playoffs and securing their place there is kind of the goal. Yeah, here's the league table just uh, as it stands at the moment, ahead of the ga games at the weekend. As you can see down below, Estonians uh, do make uh, do host sorry, home academicals at the weekend, Sunday as well. They play Clonmel. Bruff and Middleton. It's a, it's a reverse of the, the last round of games, basically. Bangor hosts Scaries and Ballina hosts Tullamore. So, Estonians, they will move in against everybody in the league. Uh, hopefully, they will do it uh, from Paul's point of view, at least uh, next weekend as well. Um, I, it's mid-season. It's mid midway point to, to the season. Can anyone catch Estonians? In um, your opinion? Well, they're in the driving seat now, unless something goes terribly wrong. You'd you kind of like, you know, it would be different if they were on like I'd say if they were nine from nine, but they only had like a couple of bonus points. But the fact that they've done it so emphatically and won so comfortably, it's like nobody's really challenged them. So it's like it'll be hard to see things to go that wrong in the second half of the season. Um, I think Paul's pretty modest to be honest. <laughs> like I think he's probably well aware that, that like things couldn't be going any better for them in terms of how the season's going. Uh, and I think, to be honest, unless they implode or something goes really, really wrong, like they should be all right. Commentator's curse there now. Congratulations. Yeah. Don't get promoted. He's going to come hunting you down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's go backwards to the table then. Uh, Division 2B next. Uh, some big results last weekend. Uh, Belfast Harlequins, a uh, big draw with Malahide. Um, Malahide have been struggling a little bit in the, in the league, but they've kind of steadied the ship in the last few weeks. Um, how important is that result likely to be for them? And is it a bit of a disappointment from Belfast Harlequins not to get the points to get into the top three? Yeah, I think Belfast Harlequins are a team that are pushing for the top four and the playoffs. So the, the better, you know, they need to win those type of games against the likes of Malahide. Um, and also, I think before Christmas, Greystones played Wanderers. And I think there was two points that separated the sides. And I think Wanderers probably pushed pushed Greystones more than anybody else this season. So that could be a great game this weekend in the reverse fixture. Uh, but Belfast Harlequins just sitting outside of the top four. A win could put them into the top four. So 
yeah, every point counts, really. We say that in every division. And then you've got Enescorti there at the bottom. It's It's been a very tough... I was just talking about them coming up from 2C in junior rugby, but it's maybe been a step too far for them so far in 2B. They'll be looking for just an improved second half of the season. Uh, you know, whether it be one win or two wins, you know, they'll just be looking for a bit more. Galwegians are starting to come into a little bit of form as well, lifting themselves off the bottom a little bit. Who knows if they can get themselves out of trouble. Wanderers are a team that I've tipped as dark horses all season. It hasn't really clicked for them, but maybe in the second half of the season, they can really push for the top four. Uh, Galway Corinthians, to be fair, Greystones have won every game, but Galway Corinthians are only behind them by four points. So they'll be hoping to they'll be hoping to make make that gap smaller. And who knows, maybe they can maybe they can grab the first place spot in the second half of the season. But I think for Greystones, they'll be they'll be hoping to finish top because of course what happened to them last season losing in the final. It was bitterly disappointing for them, so they'll want to make sure they get that promotion this yeah. season. And of course, uh, should uh, Galwegians do the double over Enniscorthy at the weekend, it would leave potentially uh, six, seven points between most of those teams. There's only, what, from third down to eighth, there's only six points at the moment. So one or two games in anyone's favour or against them could really push them into the top sides. Uh, let's take a quick look uh, through Division 2A of the table. Uh, any of these games over the weekend, there's much more fixtures in this game last week, on this division last weekend than it would have been in the others. Balamina 12, Queen's University 26, Cashel uh, 16, 17, Blackheart College 17, Nina Ormond 31, Navin 15, UL Bowes 20, UL, MU Barnhall and Clash of the Universities in that division, um, or two of the universities, should I say, 17, a three-point victory for uh, UL Bowes in that particular game. And this is how that all pans out. Now, when we look, look at the website, um, Queen's University and Blackheart College still top of the table at 35 points each, while down the bottom, uh, Dolphin and UL struggling at the moment. Um, it's it's going to be difficult to see uh, UL or Dolphin get themselves back into the survival race here. Yeah, but at that on that same note, UL got their first win of the season uh, this last weekend. So, like you know, a part of them will be feeling, you know, oh, we got one, so they'll be aiming to get the second now in the reverse fixture. Uh, you know, so they'll be happy that they've got one win on the board. And who knows, you know, the way they have to approach it really is just say, look, let's forget about those first kind of eight games, I suppose, and let's just new season. Let's see where we can go from here. Uh, that's kind of going to be there. Their aim, Queen's University, if someone had said they'd be top of 2A at this point, at the start of the season, you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a fair bet, considering that similar to Greystones, they probably should have went up last season. Um, Blackrock College doing very well to be there. Dem and Cashel, great draw last weekend. Should be another great game this weekend. And, of course, they're right on top of each other. Our Blackrock are slightly on top of Cashel in the table, so... Who knows, a win for Cashel could close that gap. So, yeah, it's really interesting too, eh? MU Barnhall, fourth place. But as I said, UL Bowles got the win over them at the weekend. So, yeah, anything can happen in two, eh? Yeah, it's uh, always competitive, as most of these divisions are as well. Uh, looking at Division 1B, some results from last weekend. Uh, St. Mary's College beaten by Highfield, scoreline of 34 points to 14, while O. Wesley had a 36-26 win uh, at Bambridge. Um... That leaves the league table again. Those games played in, in the weeks leading up to these. Uh, Buccaneers still top of the table by one point from City of Armagh. St. Mary's College, who, of course, were beaten 
last weekend by Highfield. They both sit third and fourth in the table, while Banbridge uh, beaten again two wins so far themselves. Malone struggling a little bit of drift now of Nace in eighth place on the table. Uh, your thoughts on how this table is shaping up? Can Buccaneers go all the way? Will the Adios Sullivan factor uh, make a difference? Well, uh, they lost their last game against Nace, and not to blow my own trumpet here, Breffney, but in my in my preview, uh, the the last or before Christmas, I said I I could see Nace beating Buccaneers, and that's exactly what happened. But anyway, but anyway, we get back to the back to the rugby. I think yeah, that's, that's, Nace, the, pod, that's the podcast version of I told you so, Kieran. No yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody reads those previews, but I'll just tell they you. They do, that. they do, they do. But uh, I was um. Yeah, I suppose Buccaneers, it's, it's important for them to not lose focus because anything can happen in the second half of the season. Look, Eddie's an experienced coach, as we always say, and they've got some really good players, like the likes of Shane Layden, who we had, had on earlier in the season. Like, you know, they'll be focused. But I think City of Armagh deserve a lot of credit, you know, to be in second place. I think they finished sixth last season, uh, finished the season very well, and they've done really, really well this season, like really, really well. Um, from the weekend's results, I was actually kind of surprised at how Highfield beat St. Mary's because St. Mary's were very much a team in form. Uh, they were looking very good and Highfield kind of beat them comfortably enough in the end, 34-14. Um, the Banbridge results, it looks bad, but I believe Banbridge scored 26 points in that second half, all their points in the second half, and they made a bit of a comeback. So that's a positive for them. Uh, they've got Rob Little in their team, Ulster player. Very, very good. Who knows what can happen for them in the second half of the season. But I suppose the big one is, I think when the season started, UCC won their first four games. They were top of the table. They were looking really good. And I think they've lost six on the bounce now. It's either five on the bounce or six on the bounce. But they're like, they're sixth. Or, I think they're seventh in the table, actually. And if they lose to Old Belvedere, and Old Belvedere are very hard to beat in Ollie Campbell Park, by the way. If they lose to Old Belvedere, they could really be going from a... It looked like maybe a promotion fight back to 1A to a possible relegation fight, which is something you wouldn't have expected given their first four games. Uh, I'm really surprised by that. And in the same regard, if Old Belvedere win and Old Wesley win again, they put themselves very much in that kind of top four battle. I do expect Nace to have a big second half to the season, similar to what they had last season. They managed to do really well at the end of last season, sneak into fourth place, and then they ended up getting to the 1B final. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had a charge in the second half of the season. But at the moment, Buccaneers and City of Armagh are kind of the standout teams. But the likes of Old Belvedere, Highfield, Old Wesley are all kind of bunched up together. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of Division uh, 1A, just the final uh, set of games played last weekend. Uh, Bless you. Uh, Ballon Hinch 31, UC 25, Dublin University 35, Cork Collin 35. That was an absolute crack of a game over the weekend. Just uh, tries all over the place. Ten tries and all, I think, in that game. Um, but just an absolute cracker. Uh, your thoughts on kind of how that first nine rounds that competition have gone so far? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been really good. Uh, I'm glad you said the game was a cracker because I heard the commentator was awful at that game on... Uh, that was me that was me telling yeah, you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to according to the youtube comments but uh he was awful but anyway it was a it was a good game yeah um one a as a whole to be honest the real talking point is they're in ninth place i think 
Lansdowne, nobody expected that, least of all me, to be honest with you. I'll concede to that one. Uh, I do believe that there's a new there's a new boss at the helm. That's kind of the rumour going around at the minute. I think it's confirmed as well that they've decided to shake things up a little bit. Uh, so who knows what that might do in the second half of the season. In terms of this weekend, I think there's two massive games. Uh, Tearing your college against Young Munster. It is also a Bateman Cup semi-final. It's kind of mixed. They're doing it for two things, the league and the Bateman Cup. So uh, if Taren York, of course, they were beaten by Young Munster, the first team to beat them this season in uh, round nine. Uh, so like, I think if Young Munster win that, they're not only like pushing for the top four, but they also could blow the kind of league open a little bit because up until that loss, Taren York looked kind of unstoppable, to be honest. Um, well, Trinity did push them very far, actually, in the last game before that. It was 23-21. And in the same regard, Trinity, Corkon, like, it happened last week, and it was like, oh, I can't wait to see this again. And then you remember it. It's seven, you only have to wait seven days. But I think uh, that's a massive game in terms of who's going to, you know, cement their place in the top three. I think Corkon threw that game away, in my opinion. Uh, for anyone who watched, I think Corcon had the better forwards and they had so much more opportunities in the first half and it was just a line-out throw. And I think there was five, six line-outs that went astray for them in the 22 in the first half. And if they had got that right, they probably could have pushed on and won the game comfortable enough. The thing with Trinity is they've probably got, I'd say, the most exciting backline in the AIL. In terms of they can make something happen out of nothing. Like some of those guys are unreal. And I think that was the problem for Cork Khan. Anytime they kicked the ball away and gave it back to Trinity, Trinity were either running it back at them through the likes of Aaron Egan or Colin Hogan. And Trinity were some of the tries you've seen from Trinity are, are just amazing. Like, So I think that's something Cork Khan will definitely been working on the line out during the week. Um, you know, getting that right and also making sure that you don't give Trinity ball and broken play yeah of course uh that's the AIL looked at after we've got so much to get through we're just going to fly right through it but the women's interpros last weekend kind of as you would expect bonus point victories for Munster and Leinster over uh, Connacht and Ulster um is it very much a two-tier game at the moment in the, in the country are we looking at kind of Munster and Leinster having the lion's share of it and really Connacht and Ulster just feeding off the scraps yeah, it's, it's sad that you say that, but that, that is the way. It's like the women's AIL in general. Like, you've got four, we talk about this, but you've got four or five teams that are considerably better than the rest, I suppose. And it's a bit like that in the Interpros as well. There's two teams, like Leinster and Munster. You, you kind of expect that this weekend is the final, if you want to call it that, uh, Leinster v Munster. And whoever wins that will go on to win the Interpros. Uh, I just think the, I think the calibre caliber of player... In Munster and Leinster, there's probably more quality players in Leinster and Munster. And in Ulster and Connacht, you've got a few that are very good. But then you've got a few maybe that wouldn't be as good. So, like with Leinster, for example, some of the players on the team are exceptional. Like Dana O'Brien, uh, the out half for Leinster. She is, I said it about her in the AIL this season, but I think she's been the real talent of the AIL. And she was excellent the last day against um, Connacht. And then you look at Munster, you've got Dervlin Nicovard and you've got uh, Maeve Vogue O'Leary in the back row. They were both really, really good. Um, so I think it is between Munster and Leinster. 
like you, you just have to say it how it is. That that is it. Like, but I also think, in the same regard, it, this game for Connacht and Ulster when they play each other on Saturday will effectively be their final. It will it will mean so much to both squads. I think because I think Ulster haven't won a game in the Interpros uh, with the women in a long, long time, and I think Connacht will be aiming to beat them. So I think for them, this is kind of the game that they would have kind of you know highlighted and said, this is the one we need to target. This is the one we can actually win. So I think it is a massive... This is probably the biggest weekend of the Interpros where you're going to get two really competitive games and two teams that... Or four teams in two different games that really want to win and really have a chance of winning. So I think yeah. this weekend, if you're... If you want to watch the Interpros, this weekend is the real weekend where you can see really competitive games. Absolutely. Those games, just to put on the record, Munster versus Leinster, uh, that game at 12.15 and Ulster versus Connacht at 2.30. And as far as I know, the games are live on TG Carr. Uh, we'll check local press. And, and yeah, there's there's two on TG Carr, but also if you want... Uh, if you're not a Gael Gore, you can go on BBC Northern Ireland for the Ulster-Connacht game if you want to watch that one. Well, for those of us that have a bit of uh, Changa uh, you can uh, listen to it or at least learn a bit of the soak up a bit of the uh, your Quidditch Gaelga uh, over the coming weekend. And uh, two big games, as you mentioned, at the top end and the bottom end of the interprovincials. Uh, finally, for the show, we've a little bit to get to with this as well, and that is schools rugby. It's back with a bang. We had the draw for the Leinster uh, Schools Cup just before Christmas, and the, those fixtures came out last week. It's going to be really, really exciting to watch that happen in the next uh, three weeks. I think it all kicks off the last weekend in in January and runs right through to St. Patrick's weekend. And, of course, uh, Munster, they started their games today. They had a pretty uh, big clash between Bandon and Castle Troy, and it was a, a one-point victory for Bandon Grammar School against Castle Troy College in that particular game. So a uh, really, really tight game uh, and took a... A late penalty from Peter Sim Peter Simmington uh, to seal that uh, after it looked like um, Castle Troy had just done enough with a try from Usman Musa uh, with a handful of minutes left on the clock. But uh, tries in the first half from Aaron Cregan for Castle Troy and for Bandon Liam Pryor uh, were also on the scoreboard as well. Simmington with three penalties on the day to keep his tally to nine points. Robert McConkey getting the other point as well. But uh, it's nice to see the Munster Cup up and running. There's another game tomorrow as well. So, uh, of course, that will be fully live on um, FinalWhistle.ie. You can track all those games. That's Glenstall Abbey and Colossal Pubble Bank Trey. And that's in UL Arena tomorrow. Moved to UL Arena from, um, I think it was meant to be in Dewar Doyle, but it's now in UL Arena with kickoff at 2 o'clock. Meanwhile, in Connacht, we had a full round of fixtures this week as well in the opening groups. Um, seven teams in the Senior A group, uh, Marist at Lone, uh, they sit out this week's competition, but uh, plenty of games across uh, the rest of the division, and I happen to be at both of the two games played today. I heard there's a good commentator for those games, Refni. I heard you. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know anything about that now, I'm afraid. Um, although the guy that was with me, he was pretty good, so maybe it was <laughs> Um, Some real college in Murex, uh, Balanada, they took uh, to the pitch at Sligo Rugby Club this morning. Uh, well, this morning, noon o'clock, 12 o'clock today. Um, and it was a, a really tight encounter. And it was only really settled at the end. It could have gone either way. 
in the end, Summer Hill just had that little bit of extra attention to detail. They removed a lot of the needless handling errors that both sides were guilty of in the first half. And they tightened up that end of the game. And to be honest, that was probably um, the difference between the two sides. After the game, though, I caught up with uh, one of the try scorers uh, to have a chat with him about the game, what he thought about it. Uh, Keelan Schoen, he got the, uh, what turned out to be the winning try for um, Summerhill. Here's what he had to say about uh, the game. Keelan Schoen, uh, great start to the season. Uh, first win, first game. Yeah. Got to be happy. Oh yeah, it was, uh, we didn't make it e easy for ourselves, but um, uh, look, it's, it was very tough, uh, tough game, but uh, look, we just like to push on now, so. I'll Talk just... us through the game, uh, it took nearly 20 minutes for the first score, a couple of missed um, kick opportunities on both sides, but finally got that try, um, nice little opportunist, kind of quick set piece. Yeah, um, it was just the conditions made it very hard to set pieces, you know, didn't go to plan, um, and Murdex made it very hard, but uh we took the opportunity and uh, just happy it paid off really. Of course, second half came, they equalised. Yeah. Looked like they got a bit, a bit of momentum. Yeah. And then you had another fine opportunity, short range uh, penalty. Yeah. Uh, you saw an opportunity, you took just, it. Yeah. Talk us through the, the what was going through your mind when you had the ball in hand. I just uh, make sure to get low, that's what I like doing a lot. Uh, and I just saw the gap and went for it and uh, paid off. So. Happy. In terms of what this means for the rest of the season, obviously two big games to come against yeah. uh, Garbley and the Jazz. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good start, but it's only half the, the job. Oh, yeah. Can you can you get one over on one of those two teams in the next two weeks? Yeah, hopefully. Uh, we're, that's what we're going for, uh, the momentum. That's nice to have this game done and dusted. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a challenge. I believe it's down there. So yeah, hopefully we'll get the win. Uh, thoughts on the game now after now? What's the plans for the evening? Will you celebrate the lads or... Just kind of take it one step at a time. I'd say take it one step at a time. It's you know it's not done yet, so I'll just keep going and then hopefully get to the final. Listen, well done, congratulations. Cheers. Thank you. Keenan Sean speaking to me after the game. Scored a fabulous try, real opportunist. Uh, as he heard me in the interview, say to him, um, five meter penalty. One of the they kind of faked the Murex lad came off the, the line and therefore offside, and just that gap opened and he just went in. And I've never seen a player. Such a low trajectory. I wouldn't say he was any more than about four or five inches off the ground and he just went straight in at the ankles and they had no chance of keeping him out. And that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Murex couldn't really get back into the game, couldn't find that uh, score. But um, Summerhill would be very happy. They didn't get out of the group last year, uh, so they've kind of given themselves a really good chance. But they do have, as you heard, uh, two big games against Garbley College and Colossal Ignaldra, the Jez. In, in the coming weeks, so uh, they need to get a result from one of those two. They go into those games as favourites, but anything can happen at this level. I also caught up with a member of the coaching staff from the uh, from both sides, actually. Brian Roach spoke to me from Summerhill College, and I also spoke to uh, Ronan Malloy. Maybe let's hear from Ronan first, uh, his thoughts after defeat to Summerhill College today, and then we'll jump straight to Brian Roach. And your thoughts after that? Disappointing? Uh, very disappointing now, tough day at the office, but glad to come away with a point after not playing particularly well. Uh, good Summer Hill team now, in fairness, um, in tough conditions, it was pretty good rugby played at times. Talk us through, I suppose, the mind frame coming into the game, because obviously, in terms of league form, they were in the league final, you missed out. Um, you They would have been the favourites coming in here, but you really put it up to them and defended resolutely throughout the entire game. Um, so, our thought process... Basically the same going into every game, just 
go hard at every team. Um, we know Summerhill were in the league final. We were unlucky to lose them here in the league as well, but we thought if we went out, played good hard rugby, and uh, we could have came out on top. Just probably the conditions didn't suit us as much today. We, we like to be a bit of running rugby with the backs, but it's tough all day at the office. You seem to have a lot of joy in the scrum and kind of more or less won virtually all of them through the game and it gave you a nice platform to kind of build when you did get that opportunity to attack. Yeah, the, the scrums went really well for us. Um, just a few passes going astray um, in the back line is the only thing. If we could have then passes sticked, it could have been a different result, but maybe another day. Going into the next two rounds, of course, two home games against the Jazz and Garbley. Um, You've only been within a score of these teams through the league campaign. You're not that far off them on, on paper. Can you get a, a can you get enough points on the board to, to get through? How important that bonus point be for you? That's a, that's what I was thinking anyways. Um huge bonus point away from home in a tough day. So we go into the next two games. We basically have to win both our games to have a chance. So we go full hog now and try and win our two games. Well listen, thanks for talking to us. Hard luck today. Perfect. Thanks a million. Roach, you must be happy with that first points on the board. Absolutely delighted. It was a really tough match. Um, I heard you mention earlier that uh, we were favourites. I don't believe we were favourites. We expected a huge challenge from Eurodex. They're the champion. They were in the junior final two years ago. That was the real team that turned up today with Eurodex. They were absolutely superb in, in facets. Their scrum in particular was very strong. Their lineups didn't function in more than hours. But we, we just got the rub of the green at times there. We, we took our chances when we got them, and that was the difference in the match. It was three points the last time. It was five today. That's the closeness of the, the battles between us and them. There was a lot of hand and errors in the first half, and you seemed to tighten that up a little bit in the second half, and that seemed to me be the difference between the two teams. In the I, I, I think what, what in, in rugby terms, you were playing with the wind. And if you notice in the second half, they made a lot of handling errors. Sometimes the team playing with the wind, the ball is pushed ahead of them, and they tend to reach for the ball. And it's something we practice. We played both teams played better into the wind. If you if you remark, we scored more in the second half. They scored more in the first half. If if you understand, and I think both teams played actually their best rugby into the wind in both times. Uh, but once again, it was a close close match. They are a strong team. I, I expect them to to win at home both both their both matches. In terms of your own two tries, both came from uh, well taken quick penalties. Well, the first one was a set set piece a move off of a scrum, which we which we tried to do. It worked um, very very well. Fi fine, well finished by Clyde Regan on the wing. The second one was a close range penalty. We had the advantage, and when you have the advantage, you hammer it home. And they got over the line on a penalty following uh, several attempts in the corner, if if I remember correctly. You missed out on the semi final spot last year. Are you eager to write that this year? Uh, last year, we we well, we're hoping to. Uh, we we still have a tough match against Dignage away, and then we've Garbley here. Both of them results. Uh, the Ignage match was quite a comprehensive win for us. However, they were missing uh, quite uh, up to five players, I believe, on the day, and quality players at that. The challenge is going to be much different next Thursday. Garbley, we had a comeback win. We came from seventeen three down to beat win twenty two seventeen momentum in the last fifteen minutes. So once again, five points on that. These are all close battles. Um, I think within the league, most of the matches have been close battles, been very few one-sided matches. Well done today, best luck in the rest Thank of you, Brefany. Thank you. Brian Roach there chatting to me earlier today, and of course, uh, Ron Roy there as well, from um, the losing side, St. Muradix College. But a, a very competitive game. Muradix were a bit off the pace in the league campaign, but they really put it up to Summerhill today, and probably could have shaded it. Summerhill definitely deserved it, and were the better side throughout, but but uh, I don't think anyone would be disappointed from Yordex had they managed to sneak it today. Just 
few little basic handle errors just really cost them pretty dearly in the second half. It's really good that you get the videos as well, Brefney, with coaches because I think it's something that you're used to in like Leinster because it gets on the TV or whatever. Uh, with uh, they're not called Premier Sport anymore, but that's where the game used to be on. But I think for the likes of Connacht and Munster, it's really good to have kind of those video pieces, pieces be it with the players or be it with the coaches. It's really good to get kind of their thoughts after the game, what went wrong, what went well. It's really good to hear that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, listen, while we're in the mood, let's look at the other game that took place today. Of course, 48 times champions, Garbley College, were up against Colosh de Ignot. They were last year's beaten finalists, and they were hoping to go to the same level, if not one further this year. Uh, really, really good game. The intensity level, huge from the very, very start. Uh, it was Colosh de Ignot who ran out winners in the end. Just about a, a late um, scare for a, a try from Niall Jennings, converted by Joseph Tierney, a fantastic conversion from Joseph Tierney, uh, put uh, the minimum between the sides, and then it was, again, uh, an, an opportunity for Garbally to to come back and actually try and get across the line, and it just didn't happen for them on the day. But I think, all in all, Colossal is probably the better side over the full 70 minutes. Um, there's a, a certain player playing for them. He scored, ten, uh, I think, 10 points in total. Uh, one try, one penalty, one conversion. Um, he goes by the name of Callum El. Elwood, you may or may not have heard that surname before, and it is who you think it is. Uh, we're going to hear from him in just a couple of moments. But first, let's hear from the, the Garbley manager. Um, his, he was very disappointed after the game, but he spoke to me. Anyway, Kevin Tierney will hear what he had to say for himself after uh, the defeat for Garbley against Scott Ignudge uh, this afternoon. Any other for Garbley College? Uh, thoughts on the game tonight? Disappointing. Um, we knew it was only going to be a one-score game. Um, we played them um, six weeks ago and it was a one-score game, so we, we know that we're very similar um, and we're incredibly disappointed to lose, to lose the first game um, the cup run. Um, I suppose towards the end of the game, eight points down at one point and they had a, a chance late in the game to go for a score and a lot of teams might have said, okay, let's get within seven. You went for the, you went for the juggler and got the try um, and that kick at the end to put you in the, in the lead before the, the final score, um, very impressive performance from some at that level. Yeah, um, and yeah, uh, Joseph Tierney, he, 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 he practices hard, he works hard at the kicking, um, and he likes those ones because they're a 50 50 shot, um, so he doesn't get blamed if he misses them, um, and it's a bonus if he gets them. In terms of uh, the outcome of today's game, where does that leave you now looking into the next two weeks? Uh, eight points down, we're, we're looking at the bonus points. Could be valuable. Uh, there's three. We've two games with Balna away next week. Um, they, had a, they had a win today, so they. They were beat today. Oh, sorry. They got a bonus point though. Okay, so that's going to be a do or die for both of us. Um, the losers of that are in, are, are out of the competition, and then you have the hearts. Possibly, maybe the hearts game is is the cycle game. Then the last game. Um, it, it, it's the, the, all these teams are very close. Uh, we played Sligo at the start of the year. There was only a score a score in it. We played a lot of teams. There's there's very very little between all all the teams in this league. So we we think we're still we still have a chance, and hopefully we're playing. We get to see the Jazz in the final. What are the positives uh, that you take out of today's game? There's there's not a lot when you lose. There isn't. Um, it's, I'm finding it difficult to find any right now. Uh, we got a bonus point, it's probably the only thing. The performance when they were down to 14 players, you were very much the dominant team at that stage. 
but you, you put some really nice uh, runs of play together, particularly out wide when you could get the ball out to the, the wide men. The first 15 minutes we had all the ball and we, we were attacking their line and we, did, and we didn't convert a, a number of chances there. I think that in the end told. And we, th those 15 minutes were the most important for us. If we had got ahead at that stage, I think uh, the game would have turned out different and we, we didn't. You kept the lads on the pitch for, for quite a while after the game. Can you tell us what you were talking about? We left it to themselves. Let them discuss themselves. It's, 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 it's theirs. We, we, we try to help them, but ultimately it's, the, it's, their, it, it, it's their team. It's their decision making. It's, their, um, it's up to them now how they want to proceed for the rest of the season. And we'll help them if we're whatever decision they make. Okay, listen, hard luck tonight and best luck for the rest of the okay. competition. Well, you've got to be happy with uh, that performance. Uh, one point victory in the end, tight? Yeah, very tight. Conditions weren't uh, great, so we just had to manage the game. And yeah, we're happy how the forwards dug it out, to be fair, and uh, just to close them out. And we're happy with the result. Half time, you were 5 0 up. Uh, you scored the try in the first half. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on that? Uh, First half was actually very good, but you know, second half then our intensity went down. But we're happy with our talk and uh, our intensity in the first half. So, yeah, very pleasing. Losing the um, player to the Simbin seemed to have a bit of a negative effect on the team, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you rallied back well after that to, to kind of come back in, and you had a really nice purple patch there, two or three minutes, where you clocked up ten points that ultimately won you the game. Yeah, we did struggle when they got the when we got a yellow because they had an extra extra man out in the launch play with the scrum so we struggled on that but we held them out I think they scored a try today so yeah but we have to be happy with how we dug it out yeah going into the next two games obviously uh, you have to play two teams Summerhill had a win today and Muradex as well uh, they ran them close uh, thoughts on the two games coming up yeah the, we'll focus on Summerhill now next week they did uh, they bet us well to be honest when we played them last so it's going to be a tough challenge, like I say it was. How important is trying to advantage next week? Uh, very important. We kind of we got lucky how it's, the game's on Craig's, uh, so it'll be very important, yeah. Excellent. Some well done today and best luck in the uh, Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Callum Elwood there, probably one, my man of the match. Um, he just, he, his kicking was on point. He uh, he scored a try and he was just all, all around, just level-headed, but there was a really impressive performance from nearly everybody in the probably on both sides to be fair it was just a really good game of rugby and the conditions as you can see there in the interview absolutely terrible but um two lads at halfback Elwood and Parkinson uh, Stephen Parkinson manager of the team coach of the team and his son was playing uh, the, but himself and Eric had been teammates with school club and and and, and all down the years so uh, that partnership a generation on uh, really really impressive and I think they'll be there in their routes when it comes to the the um the, the final and when the, the silverware has been handed out, I think they're definitely at this stage they're shooting for the the semi final in my in my book. But I think um, they'll they'll give any team in that province a run. Well, you you couldn't deny it anyway. He's this he's a spitting image of his old lad when he. I was actually looking up pictures of his dad like when he was around that age. What on the break there, and they actually look so similar. It's it's mad, but he's obviously got the talent as well to back it up. And I love seeing that, you know, today, Trevor Brennan's son, Josh, uh, signed a contract for, uh, extension with Toulouse. And it's great to see that, you know, old pros, their sons getting into the game and doing well. And by the sounds of things, he's going to have a good skill season and who knows what the future holds for him. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, he's going to be a busy man, I think, over the next couple of weeks anyway. But uh, and he's only young, I think he's only 16. He might only be in transition here. So 
Uh, we're probably going to see plenty more of uh, of Callum Elwood in a Jazz jersey in the coming, uh, I suppose, coming years, really. Uh, it's a good time probably just to mention to anyone who's watching that uh, we are producing a, uh, a lovely little book. It's going to be out in the next week or so. Um, it's the uh, school's guide, the Connick Rugby School's Guide for 2023, and it's got uh, articles in in-depth analysis and, and kind of a look at all the teams taking part in all the grades, boys, girls, uh, from under 14s, juniors, right up to senior at all grades, A, B, and C at each grade as well, uh, through the thing. You can buy it on our website now, 15 euros, uh, down from 20 on its early bird offer, and will be out probably in the next week is when we expect to have it in people's hands. Um, but it's going to be, uh, I think, a, a really nice memento of, of school rugby players' um, seasons and, and I suppose, schools' careers as well. Uh, so you can get your hands on that, finalwhistle.ie, just click on shop, and it will bring you to that. We're also back tomorrow again with another live commentary of the Sligo Grammar School. They host CBS Roscommon in uh, Sligo Grammar School tomorrow at 2.30. Uh, there'll be a good crowd there, a bit of an atmosphere, and it's going to be a really interesting day. And I think uh, the favourites going for three or three cups in a row, and I think um, they're going to be hard beaten. I think there's a few teams who will fancy their chances, but if the grammar show up and, and produce what they can, they're going to be really, really hard beaten. Uh, CBS or Scotland have the first task tomorrow. Disappointing league season for them, but they uh, are hoping to take a scalp, and there's no reason why it couldn't be tomorrow. So plenty of action. If you want to follow all that, you'll get on finalwhistle.ie forward slash live from about 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. But Kieran, that's it for us uh, this week. Nice and short, well under the hour, which, you know, I uh, I like. My OCD kicks in around uh, 58, 59 minutes. So, um, but listen, pleasure as always for joining me. Uh, Thanks very much. And we'll be chatting to you again next week uh, after what promises to be a really exciting weekend of rugby over the next uh, couple of days. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Enjoyed that.